Hey, hi, hello, dag iemand. Welcome back to the Sexually Dangerous Podcast, hosted by Micah, aka me. Uh, I hope you've had a nice, however long it has been since I posted the last episode. Um, I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to be posting this one, but as of today, it is 420. It's only been a couple of days since I... Well, I posted the last one on Sunday, Thursday now, so like four days. I don't know if I'm going to make it a weekly thing, but I am recording it now. So, we'll we'll see how that turns out. (laughs) Personally, it's been a time and a half. Um, Yesterday was a really, really good day, though. Um, And today was really good until it wasn't. And I'm not exactly sure why it wasn't. But... The majority of the day was stellar. I made some feta bread, which wasn't exactly the amazing feta bread that I wanted it to be, but I know I can make a better recipe, so I like that it planted the idea of, like, a feta inserted into a a flatbread. That was great. Um, And, like, I did make some adaptations, so it was better than it would have been, but... It did disappoint me a little bit. However, uh, thankfully I did compile a list a while ago of thoughts to explore on this podcast because otherwise I would not have anything to talk about. Uh, No thoughts. No thoughts have been happening. But on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about tattoos, romanticism, and buying flowers. Uh... I don't, I don't know why I said we there. It is, in fact, just me. But I guess you can pretend we're having a conversation if you want. Kind of a one-sided conversation, though. My bad. Um, I'll, of course, also be talking about my current move at the very end. And I am so excited, y'all. This book has me enraptured. Okay, so. Tattoos. Love them. Segment over. Just kidding. Oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so funny. Y'all, I'm so tired. It's not even funny. It's 10, 16. There's no there's no reason for me to be in the state I am, but wow. Um lovely. I love tattoos. I think they're the one one of the most tender ways of, of appreciating art and truly such a powerful way to express oneself. At the moment, I only have two tattoos. One, a matching stamp with Bestie Olivia that we got on our trip to Portland in January. Um, Literally one of the best times of my entire life. Um, And one that's kind of a tarot card variant based on a book I still have yet to finish. Both of which, not to brag or anything, I did draw. So I'm a little extra cool. Um... Yes, I did get a book-related tattoo, which at the time I hadn't even read a little bit of. I don't even, I don't even think I owned the book at that point. Um, the tattoo really is just based off the title, which is something that stuck with me when I really desperately needed it. Um, yeah, I bet you feel bad for judging me now, loser. It's got deep emotional meaning. Suck my dick. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, I really don't think that tattoos need meaning. Oh my gosh, what the fuck? Sorry, my computer 
decided to have a little bit of a seizure for a moment. It's okay. We're all we're all good now. Um, it did scare me for a moment there. But I don't think tattoos need meaning at all. That being said, I think for me personally, I don't think it's possible for me to do anything without meaning. I'm not saying that like I am so devoted to having such a deep, powerful, like, meaning for any, like, any tattoo I put on my body. I don't think that I would be able to get a silly tattoo, you know? <clears throat> I don't know what was happening with my voice there, but, uh, that's not what I mean. Uh, I just think that it's, with my, the way that I move through the world, I don't think there is any situation in which I do not inflict so much meaning upon it you know like even if it is a silly random tattoo i got on a whim i think inherently because it is me and my mindset about things i think it will just have meaning to me regardless if that makes sense like it'll become a symbol of my ability to let go and do things impulsively for the sake of fun and art even if it's some scraggly ass drawing of a fish that someone whipped out of their ass in negative three seconds you know I, so, I sometimes almost wish I could get a tattoo and have it just remain something that was silly, has no meaning to me, or random, you know, just to have that, like, oh, I don't care, but I'm me, and I do care, and I think it's very cool to care, uh, and it will always be just so much more. I don't, I'm kind of infuriating in that aspect, but I also kind of admire it, so... I think I'm going to chill out a bit and not think about it, because I think, like I said, it is so cool to care and add meaning to life. So, I will continue. <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, I think tattoos really, I think of tattoos really as a method of appreciating art and expressing oneself. If you feel inclined to cover yourself in art that is super sentimental for you, go for it. That's super awesome. I love that for you. If you want to cover yourself in art you just simply found on Tattoo Artist's Flash because you think it's rad or it amuses you, dude, that is so sick nasty. I'm elated for you. <laughs> I can't continue with that sentence. <laughs> I can't promise that I won't say the phrase sick nasty ever again, but I am taking this moment to acknowledge that I also hated it. Um, I also want to acknowledge the hilarity of Google Docs wanting to autocorrect sick nasty to sick and nasty, and I'm just imagining someone going, Well, dude, that's so sick and nasty, bro. <laughs> that's actually so amusing to you. Sick and nasty, a tangent aside. <laughs> Tattoos are such a special art form in my really not humble at all opinion. I know my opinions are the best. There's no need for humility here. I have a podcast. For a reason, and that is because my words are in fact the word of God, aka me, Micah. Yes, I am God. The rumors are confirmed. And God says tattoos are incredible, and I wish to carry art with all the skin I've got. Okay, that sounded weird. Um, gross, but you know what I mean. To wear art on one's skin, to have been so profoundly moved by a piece of art or a concept, that you wish to become one with it, and carry it alongside your freckles and scars. Call me a lofty poet, but I think that is incredible. 
That is the power putting permanent art on your body gives you as the owner of this one is gorgeous. I, there's no other, it's just, it's just so beautiful to me. You are declaring who you are, whether you wear silly tattoos or serious or something in between. You're declaring something, most of all to yourself. You're decorating your body in a way that I think creates such an interesting and tender relationship between you and it. Anyone who knows me in real life knows that I think one of the greatest joys in life comes from intentional decoration. I promise you, you are going to be sick of the word intentional by the end of this podcast. I'm not sorry about it. It's one of my favorite words ever. <laughs> of oneself, of one's space, both digital, digital, bro, what? Digital and physical and of one's mind. Everything that I interact with has been noticeably altered by my energy. Not saying that I have like the power to turn everything to gold that I touch, but like you can tell when I inhabit a space because it becomes such a reflection of who I am. Like every single thing, like I will customize or like it will become used in a way that reflects me or it's it's just, I think it's really cool to be honest with you um as we all do in terms of intentional decoration I have my own personal style that I've spent time and energy on refining to what truly makes me happy and makes makes me feel like myself um like everyone has personal style but I I don't think as many people take the time to devote to what, like, to figure out what exactly makes you the happiest to wear, um, for, like, at least until, like, later in their life, you know? Like, I, I know I've had friends who just wear clothes because they're clothes and they're good enough, and, like, not to the point where I was, I will talk about that in a second, but like, just clothes that were like, oh, everyone likes these clothes, I guess they're fine, you know, like, there was no real, like, thought process of like, do I actually like this? Does this feel like myself? You know, as I mentioned in my last episode, I, I've never been wealthy in my entire life. I grew up pretty poor, all my clothes were either gifted to me by my grandparents or scrounged by my parents via other people's children's hand-me-downs. When I was in freshman year, my parents and I moved to a really small conservative town. Don't recommend. Literally was a one neighborhood and it was super gross. So many slurs. <laughs> I hated it there. The only good thing about living out there though was that in a neighboring town, there was a goodwill. Now, I had been one to go to a Valley Village before, but only on occasion because anyone who knows Valley Village is aware that it can still be kind of expensive. Like, it, it doesn't compare to, like, store prices, like, where it is, it's not secondhand, you know, it, it is, I don't know what you call that. I was gonna say off the rack, but that's not correct. Like, just not secondhand. It, you're purchasing it brand new. There, there we go. Brand new clothes. It doesn't compare to that price at all. However, it is still expensive in relation to poor people, you know? Like, we were not able to buy enough 
the queen still had to scrounge for hand-me-downs, go on the Facebook marketplace, like those um, buy-nothing groups, to be like, hey, does anyone have clothes for my seven-year-old, please? <laughs> you know? Um, but this Goodwill was thebomb.com. It was so good. It was very cheap. And I mean, like, I, I don't really know why, other than it being such a small area and it being, like, conservative. Um, but, like, I don't know how much of an effect that actually had on it, like, price-wise. Because it wasn't like everything was, like, super cheap out there. Like, the only reason why we moved out there was because this house was this, the same to rent as our apartment in, um, like, further in towards town, you know? But, like, food was the same, if not more, I think. I don't know. Anyways, it was confusing to me. I didn't really look into it, though, so I don't have answers. Um, but this change from not being able to afford clothes at all to now having options that I never previously had at my disposal meant that my parents and myself were frequent shoppers at Goodwill. This newfound abundance combined with me not knowing who I was and the almost, like, desperation I at least bore led to my wardrobe being one that consisted of a lot of close enough pieces. Like, pieces that were just a little off and made me very uncomfortable. Um, but I was just so desperate to have clothes and be able to express myself through fashion that I just dealt with it, you know? Most of the time, this manifested in ill-fitting clothes or some clothes I didn't like, but, the, but I felt this like I needed them because it was a dollar. And who knows, maybe this certain scenario will come up and I'll need it then. Or whatever bullshit that went through my head. Um, I was also presenting as a gender that I didn't ident identify with. I didn't know that at the time, but like my clothing style was very much not me. Um, and that was also contributing to me being uncomfortable and just trying to do what other people were doing. Um, and not really knowing why I felt so shitty about the clothes I was wearing. And it didn't help that they were ill-fitting. And on top of that, like, they weren't a fit that made me feel good. Anyways, even if they did fit correctly, you know. I also had my mother as influence as she grew up under extreme lack and neglect, which led her to become a horror. It was inevitable for me to develop this mentality of needing things because of some perceived lack or potential future lack. Um, this did take a while for me to get out of, but it is so much better now that I am rid of it. Now my wardrobe is full of perfect pieces. Things that fit how I want them to, things that make me feel good to wear, and that make me feel mm -hmm. like myself. Who is texting me in the middle of a podcast? Ex excuse me. No, I am very sorry. That was probably super loud, but you know me, I refuse to edit any of this. I will add intro and outro music, and that is the extent. I fucking hate editing. <laughs> um, I will not listen to this through all the way just to edit that out. No thank you. <laughs> um, my wardrobe is full of perfect pieces now that I, like I was saying, 
things that fit how I want them to, things that make me feel good to wear, and things that make me feel like myself. I feel so really privileged to be in a place in my life where I can be picky about the materials I let into my life, and I'm very, very grateful. I, I definitely need to dedicate time and energy to going through all I own and determining whether any past quote-unquote need purchases remain and donate those, but for that time will probably be right before my next move, which is soon enough that I'm not like procrastinating, um, it's just more convenient to do it all at once. And I do have a deadline, we're good. <laughs> Um, but I do limit my new possessions to only perfect pieces now. Like, there's such a filter now between my, 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 my space and the store. Um, so that, like, not, not much filters through. Not much gets to my, my room anymore. Instead of, like, anything that was a good deal and that, like, I could probably wear, it would be fine, all of that would be into my home immediately because I needed it. But now, I'm in, a, um, I'm in a state where I don't need those things. There are definitely things I do need, um, but those are harder to get. And, you know, uh, do, do I really need, I'm talking about therapy. <laughs> Um, that's a later purchase. Uh, that's a, that's a future Micah activity. <laughs> Anyways, yes, through intentional and purposeful fashion, I decorate myself, but also with jewelry. Why are all my roommates so fucking loud right now? Oh my gosh. I swear, they've been silent for the last two hours. And yet, here they are, making the most amount of noise they can possibly be making in a hallway without using their voice. Wow. Thanks, guys. That was so lovely of you to interrupt my podcast like that. This is why I record these. Well, I, I, was, I was going to be recording these routinely at like midnight when I come home from work, when everyone is asleep. But no, I don't want to stay up that late. <laughs> um, anyways, through intentional and purposeful fashion, I decorate myself, but also I decorate myself with jewelry. I am a sucker for jewelry. Accessories forever at my heart. They make cream outfit. I love, love, love how eclectic so assortments of jewelry looks. I love when people stack jewelry. It is so cool. I think there's um this Instagram account of like both of the twins are just their style is immaculate. But the one that I follow is called Barbie's Clutter, I think. Uh she is my style inspiration. I love her so much. Um I need to follow the other twin. I follow their conjoined account, but I don't follow the other twin they're, they're just incredible i don't know how people they're they're so pretty anyways that's not what this is about i'll make another podcast episode about like media and like in people in media that i love but this is not that um 
but I, I'm not talking about the expensive pish posh fancy jewelry or whatever the like small shop jewelry or secondhand there's a really awesome jewelry shop on Instagram which is at jewelry underscore by period em it's owned and operated by my dear friend Emily my son and she makes incredible pieces currently own two necklaces a bracelet and a ring from their shop and I do plan on expanding my collection when I get the chance um they're some of my favorite jewelry items I own and are without a doubt perfect pieces I wear most of them every day actually like the necklaces I'll switch out someday like whichever one matches my outfit more but the ring the bracelet and one of the necklaces I'm always wearing if I'm wearing jewelry that it, they're just so cool truly such staples in my style definitely go follow M's page at jewelry underscore by period em if you don't already and don't want to be a loser <laughs> anyways moving on to decorating my space intentionally as i've said i am a maximalist at heart and my space definitely reflects that um but all of the perfect pieces i have decorating my space are meaningful and intentional truly i think that's the key to a maximalist but not hoarder aesthetic in my opinion mindful purchases and additions to your space bring you peace and happiness whereas purchases made out of fear or without thought bring stress guilt and continue to propagate fear my room reminds me of who i am when i look at it and i think that is really special and i i, I like in every single item in my room i see myself reflected and to have i don't know that like mirror relationship with the possessions you own like your your possessions i think is really helpful in determining what makes you feel good to be around i'm also a big fan of mirrors i like looking at myself is that autistic or is that just because i'm hot who knows in my opinion both the cord on my charger is rubbing up against uh some a paper bag and it's really upsetting me um but i don't know how to fix it without making it really loud so we'll just have to deal um <laughs> where am i in my script oh maintaining a digital space i think is that is also intentional and clean and brings you joy in this way is also i think very important i'm definitely not there on this one fully yet but i have made some efforts nicole raffi actually talks about having a clean digital space on her podcast talk nasty to me um i think it's one like it's one of her earlier episodes i think maybe six or seven i don't know i was listening to it on the walk home from work one day um really enjoyable podcast do love it love her um she talks about specifically having a clean digital space um and she recommends some youtubers that talk more extensively on the matter but i think as we all spend so much time in our digital digital worlds digital worlds wow that's so hard for me to say <laughs> it is so important that on top of making that space the least stressful we can by making it clean um we should also be making it feel like us 
having a background that brings you joy is one thing I think I think most people do. Um, my grandfather definitely does not, but you know, I give him slack. I'm not gonna have this discussion with my grandfather, <laughs> but like. I feel like there's so much more you can do to make your phone or computer feel like you. Um, for example, my computer framing my screen. I have puffy stickers that were given to me a while ago that bring me copious amounts of joy. Um, I don't put stickers on the cover of my computer personally anymore, as I found out when I did this on my last computer. No, two computers ago. Uh, I never get to see them. How are the stickers meant to bring me joy if I can never see them? I have object permanence issues. Is issues <laughs> issues I can't just rely on the thought of them existing I have to see them there, there's like there's no other way um I'm actually pretty pretty sad about the computer that I have now the last computer I had I was in love with it was so good it had one of those like disc players and I had my puffy stickers on there and I could play the sims and it was wonderful I had so many customization options with that computer this one the default browser is Bing, and I cannot change it. I've tried so many. I, ca I cannot change it. I have to Google. No, I have to search on Bing. Google. Every single time I want to search something, because Bing sucks. It shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> Why is it the default? <laughs> but... Anyways, on my phone, I have more customizations as I like have a rotating lock screen, custom icons. I don't know what all these noises are that keep happening, but they are so loud and I'm very sorry. I'm not recording this again. If this was all happening under five minutes, I would. However, we are 25 minutes in. I'm not recording this again. <laughs> You're just gonna have to fucking deal. Um custom icons, and I also have a collection- I really just jumped into that sentence very, very abruptly, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I do have a rotating lock screen, I have custom icons, um, and I have a collection of things on the inside of my phone case. Um, I believe right now I have a loyalty card to this one food truck that serves the best hummus I've ever had in my life. I dream of this hummus every single night. I kid you not, it is in my thoughts. If I prayed, it would be in my prayers. I loved this hummus so much. I got it with Olivia um, one night when she was back from college. Just like a rant, like we didn't even like intend on going to get food really. We just were hungry after doing what we want. I think we went to uh, Barnes & Noble. And we were very hungry, um, or at least I was, and I was like, Olivia, we need to get food now. Um, and so we went and got food at this food truck. I need to switch positions because otherwise my hips will never function again. Um, I should have known better than to sit cross-legged. Um, but yeah, it is the best hummus I've ever had in my life. I do have some notes on what could be better about it, but like, it is perfect hummus. I'm just even more perfect, and <laughs> I'm always altering recipes. Um, I cannot wait to get the chance to go back, if that wasn't already obvious. <laughs> but, um, I also have a leaf. I can just look at what's in my phone case now. I have some stickers. I have a note from Olivia from when we played uh, We're Not Really Strangers. I have 
A random piece of plastic? Where did that come from? Why is that in here? Ew, get out. Um, I believe Miguel gave me. Um, I have some candy wrappers that have messages on them. One of them says, believe in those you love. And the other one, oh, I have three. One of them, the, the second one says, get swept away by love. And the last one says, be a little mysterious. Oh yeah, that one, that, uh, yeah, that one made me laugh. Um, yeah, gross noises, gross noises. I also have stickers both on the inside of my case and on my actual phone. Because I don't know where to put stickers, y'all. Like, where do you... It's, it's such a hard knock life, being a sticker lover. Where do you put them? I want to admire my beautiful stickers. But I have no places where I can put them. I don't have a lot of notebooks. And the notebooks I have have, like, pretty covers. Like, I put stickers on letters that I send, but... Still, like, some of the stickers I want to keep. I want to have these stickers. And there's also, like, the whole, like, if I put this sticker on this thing, I'm never going to be able to get it off. And what if, what if this thing breaks and I have to get rid of it and there, therefore I get rid of the sticker or, like, the sticker wears off and I won't have the sticker again? Maybe I just put it in a folder and I just look at it when I look at the folder, but it will still be there for forever and it will be perfect still. Um, but this, I, I want to see my stickers. <laughs> Ah, wish I could put like stickers on the inside of my skull or something. Decorate my brain's home too. Ah, maybe I was I still wouldn't see them, but at least my brain would be happy. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess creating a positive and intentional decorated space for your mind is also that kind of. What I mean by creating an intentionally decorated space for your mind as well is to curate your consumption of outside stimuli and monitor your inner dialogue. In terms of your outside stimuli, only consuming media that is beneficial to you, whether that be by only following people on social media that make you feel good about yourself, diversifying like the people you follow, um, or like, like taking away, or like unfollowing people that make you feel badly in any way, varying the types of media you're consuming, reading reading more, um, watching more movies if you don't watch movies, that is definitely me, I watch the same three movies over and over and over again, um, music, lately I've just been listening to random albums that get recommended to me, and it's been really cool, usually I just listen to the same music over and over again, um, until I get tired of it, and then I create a new playlist. Um, but I've stopped making playlists altogether. I just listen to albums now, and it has been joyous. Um, people, oh, where am I? Oh, I skipped something. Um, following people that inspire you or teach you something new on Instagram or wherever also is very important. Um, filtering the people you are interacting with and what you're doing to occupy your time as well. Never underestimate. Und wow. I can't, I can't even explain what happened with that word in my brain. That was, people thought I was dyslexic when I was 
An elementary school, like teachers thought I was dyslexic because I cannot read out loud to save my life. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not dyslexic. I just can't read. <laughs> um, never underestimate the value of a good walk. That's what I was trying to say. Um, but when it comes to your inner world, though, make sure you are creating a safe space for your brain to come home to. You are your brain's protector, its friend. Y'all are ride or die. It is violently important to be kind to yourself. You're, you are your own best friend, and it is crucial that you either talk to yourself like one, or don't talk to yourself at all. <laughs> you don't have to love yourself to be kind to yourself, you know? Personally, I don't think I've ever been one of those girlies who's like, I love my body, I'm perfect in every way. Okay, maybe the second one, just a little bit. <laughs> I don't think there's anything in the least wrong with that. Um, having that, like, outward projection of I love my body and having that sort of overwhelmingly, like, gushing with positivity about your body. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I just have never been that, you know? My own journey landed me in a space of neutrality, rather, which I, I quite like. I used to be so horrifically cruel to myself, and I hated every single piece of my absolutely jaw-dropping perfection. See, I told you that second part was a little true. <laughs> and then one day I told myself, no, this is not how it's going to be. I'm going to make, make, I'm going to make a conscious effort to like myself. No more self-deprecating jokes, no more hating my body, no more being so vehement. Why do I put these words in the script that I have such a hard time saying vehemently hateful of who I am. We're just going to skip over and pre pretend I said that right. Um, of course, this was just the start of that journey. There was no overnight fix, but that decision to replace cruelty with intentional tenderness and love was one of the most important things I've ever done for myself. I still have a ways to go with being kinder to myself mentally, but my efforts are and were not in vain. My my relationship with my body is one of neutrality, like I said. It no longer takes up space in my day. Like, there's no longer such a large portion of my brain being taken up by thinking about how I look or what my what about my body is wrong. Like, of course, I still struggle with dysphoria, and in my personal situation, there is an issue to be fixed. Um, it's unfortunate. However, it is, in my mind, separate from me. It, it isn't me. Yes, having such a situation is challenging at times. Um, dysphoria is no joke. Um, but I, I know that I am not wrong for this being my body. That there is nothing horrific or bad about me. Having this release from needing control is such a heavy burden off of my mind. Don't get me wrong, I am still one who has a lot of issues with control. But... I no longer feel the need to police my body, you know? This also connects with the media one consumes. Um, personally, um, as part of this um, body journey of neutrality myself, um, diversifying my Instagram feed was really, really, really helpful. It's the first thing I suggest to people who want to feel better about their body, is to follow people of every body type 
people that you think are beautiful, people who inspire you, people who teach you something new, people who post their body, but don't talk about like losing weight or eating disordered eating or like post ads about diet fads or like any of that. No. No, 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 no. Follow people of diverse body types who you admire and I don't, I don't it's, it's such a simple thing and I found so many new creators like that and I thought like, I'm so oh my gosh I keep like almost having the hiccups it's not fun but um like I love my Instagram now. Like I do I do have some profiles that I only follow because I want to remember that they exist, but I don't want to do anything about them now, like music people. I, I don't know why. I just don't like I, I, I know I will want to remember them in the future for when I do want to like listen to their music, but I just don't do that now. I there's a lot wrong with me. However, like my my feed is so diverse now it used to be more diverse because i used to follow way more people um but then my instagram uh got hacked or something it's completely dead and so then i had to make a new account and i only followed the people that i really 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 wanted to see their posts about so yeah i'm pretty proud of my instagram i think it's pretty cool um but yeah also like having a relationship with food of that of neutrality that one was a little bit more tricky to do but yeah it's it's a journey i think a valuable journey to be on i think everyone will be a lot more happy with themselves um and their body if they just don't let it take up space in their brain i know it's a lot harder to do than to say i said it flipped but you know what i mean like it's it's so much easier to say than to do, but making the decision that you are going to start actively trying to do this and you are not going to continue to let yourself treat yourself in such a way is crucial to start this journey, to get anywhere, you know? Um, this also connects with my own struggle with not having clothes that fit in a way that made me feel comfortable. All of this to say, intention goes a long way, and I think intentional decoration, being in tune with how one feels the most at peace, is a crucial piece of that pie. Kind of in the same realm, I wanted to talk about romanticization. Oh my gosh. I wrote in my notes, because I was saying that out loud to myself, but I didn't know how to spell it. Um, that is a difficult word for me to say. Um with many exclamation points. But I think I got it. Romantis is it no or we're not we're I'm gonna take the first time I said it the first time right, we're gonna move on. Um I don't think I would be at peace as as at peace as I am without it. No 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 fucking way. There's no way. I am of course horrifically anxious and stressed all the time, as the title of this podcast suggests. However, Romanticizing my life really truly makes a difference and allows me to breathe for a moment. For me, it is a way to manage my stress. 
appreciating the beauty despite it all, thinking of everything with this mindset of love, freeing yourself to allow yourself to relish the small joys, regardless how small, doing things like moving your body to the music you're listening to on your walk, to get a sizzle drink of some sort, how your body wants to move regardless of whoever may look on because you are experiencing your personal small joy and letting it encompass you because you are a person whose love pours out of you as your heart is simply so full of all the wonderful things that exist or have ever existed or will ever exist. Existing in love, existing from love, and existing within your own letter to love itself. There's definitely a type of romanticism that is toxic, however, as all good things can be twisted in ways that take away from their goodness, and too much of a good thing is always inevitably going to be bad. For instance, the romanticization, oh my gosh, I said it, of drugs online. It makes me so incredibly upset. It is one of the, it's one thing if you personally do drugs. It's your body. Do whatever the fuck you want safely, of course, if they do care about you. It is another thing entirely to be glamorizing a lifestyle of drugs and unsafe behaviors. Online, especially. Fire is let ablaze within my ribs whenever I see someone do an aesthetic post and include photos of them smoking cigarettes like it's the coolest goddamn thing in the world. It's not. Spoiler alert, cigarettes are so fucking gross. It is the least sexy thing in the entire world to be one who smokes cigarettes. It, it, it disappoints me to see influencers who I look up to glamorize and romanticize a lifestyle of like chain smoking, for instance. Especially as they are influencers. They have influence on others. That's their job. More specifically, a lot of young people are their audience who are very susceptible to outside voices telling them what is cool and what isn't. It is never cool to do things that harm you. Never, ever, ever, ever. No one will ever be able to convince me otherwise. A recent example of this was when Ashley Best Dress posted something and one of the slides was literally just evidence of chain smoking behavior left after such an activity. Many of the slides, as I recall, were of her smoking as well. It just, it grinds my gears. So many people look up to Best Dressed. So many people. Like, I know people in person. And it rarely happens that I know people in person that just individually speak up about, like, their love for YouTubers that I know, that I also watch their content, you know? And it's... Uh, so many people and it's not just her this is not to single her out specifically it's just something that comes to mind as a specific example that i was exposed to you know i've seen so many posts like that and like tumblr back in the day was huge for glamorizing and romanticizing and encouraging damaging behaviors like proanna and just like a lot of self-harming behaviors that none of that was okay to be promoting or putting a filter on and being like, oh my gosh, it's so aesthetic. I am like, I'm just alt. You, you would never get it. And all the, like the young, especially women, like young girls who are just wanting to be aesthetic and wanting to fit in are like, oh my gosh, 
that that's what I need to be. That I need to be that. I want to be that so badly. Because I want to be cool, aesthetic. I want to be pretty and old. And what's trendy, you know? Like, this resonates with me. And I want to be that. Um, no. Please, please never again. Some people are telling, like, others on YouTube and stuff like that, that, like, 2010s fashion is coming back. And I say, please no. Please no. And, like, the whole, like, heroin chic fashion like what the fuck is that no 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 no. we're not going back to like that era of the 90s and 2000s where it was people looking deathly ill like there i will say that some some people like spencer reed when he's on heroin i know it's not stiff something different but it's very similar to heroin i think it's a branch of it anyways I used to get that compliment, like, quote-unquote compliment a lot that I looked like specifically Spencer Reed from the season four or whatever when he was addicted. And, like, I get that. Like, he was, like, he, he was hot in that season. I get it. But, like, uh, like, the whole heroin chic thing really, really upsets me because it's also glamorizing Proana at while you're at it, like w- significant weight loss due to drug misuse, like not even misuse, like it is how heroin is supposed to be used. You're supposed to be addicted to it. Ah, one of my biggest fears is <laughs> irrational fears. I'm gonna pre- preface. One of my rational fears is that I'm gonna be walking down the street and someone's gonna stab me with heroin and I'm gonna be di- addicted for life. I know that is not how heroin works. And no one would literally ever do that to me. But I, it is such a fear. And I, like, I was watching um, BuzzFeed Unsolved once. And Shane Day said the exact fucking fear. And I felt so valid in that moment. <laughs> Anyways, very off topic. Like, yeah, very off topic. I just... <sighs> Aside from romanticizing life, though... What? Oh, aside from that, romanticizing life can also be taken as too much of a coping mechanism uh, that it actually takes away from your quality of life. Justifying or overlooking abusive behavior and relationships is a well-known example of this. Loving the idea of someone rather than themselves. And also people glamorizing times like the 50s because the aesthetics were just so different and cool. To the point where they are ignoring and covering up all the discrimination and social injustice that was happening. Because that's not the aesthetic then. Um, all unfortunate and if they were at all joyous, laughable excuses for the true intent and practice of a healthy relationship between you and one. I sound like I'm trying to convert you to a religion. I promise I'm not. But if I were to have a religion, it would be, without a doubt, love and romanticizing things. Love is my religion beyond anything else. I could probably expand on this endlessly, but I wanted to mention quickly before my book talk about buying flowers, as it is, in my opinion, intrinsically tied to the majority of these topics in of dis- discussion on the table today. My gosh, can I fucking talk? <laughs> um, and also, because I just want to. I want to. 
it's my podcast. I will talk about whatever I wish to. Um, I think starting the routine of buying flowers for myself has been so incredibly healing in a way that I didn't realize I was hurt. I love flowers so, so, so much. Um, I'm often to be found gazing at beautiful flowers or just plants in general whilst out and about with hard eyes plastered to my face, slack-jawed, and probably about to cry. Um, (laughs) beauty overwhelms me if I think about it too much and I will cry about it. I have big feelings and they get so big that they spill out of my eyes. Um, but point being, I really, really love flowers and until my senior year choir concert, I had never been given flowers in my entire life. Not once. I watched a vast majority of people around me receive flowers at one point or another. I had given flowers to people before, but I hadn't once received them. Um, I wasn't bitter about it or anything, and I know saying that like that makes it sound like I am, but I promise I'm not. Um, I felt like I understood why I wasn't getting flowers, and I agreed with it. Um, I didn't think I was special enough to deserve flowers, especially seeing as we weren't well off and I had always assumed that they were too expensive. My father would always, well, not always, but my father would only give my mother potted flowers um, if he were to give her flowers at all. She aspires to be a plant person, even though she's literally never kept a plant alive more than like a year. Um, And she has said to not like cut flowers before, Um, and they are a waste. Um, so I was never exposed to that as a child within my own household, and on top of that, I was fed, like, negative, negative thoughts about being given flowers, you know, um, that they were a waste of money, or that there, there was no occasion special enough for flowers. Um, my parents never gave away flowers either to other people, and, like, even to, when we would go to concerts or something, of my cousin, we would never give flowers, and they would receive flowers from other people in the family, but my parents would never give any, um, which is really sad now that I'm thinking about it, but, like, my grandmother arranges bouquets for her church, but I had never really considered that she might have been buying these flowers, um, there are a lot of things I found that as a child I simply disregarded without thinking about them at all, and as I get older, the more I stop and think, huh, what the fuck was I doing as a child? Because I feel like I thought a lot, but it, it does not seem like I did. I keep finding things that I clearly didn't put any thought into. Um, that I'm, I just accepted were truths. I, anyway, as I got into school and started going to my cousin's dance performances and having my own band and choir performances myself, seeing people get asked to prom or whatever, I started seeing many people receive flowers, and many people I knew very closely would regularly receive flowers. Like, they would expect to receive them, and regard them as like, Oh yeah, my aunt's gonna bring me flowers, so I need to make sure that I have a vase. Or like, they they just have this special vase for when their aunt gives them flowers or something. Um, I, I don't know. There's no proper example that I can give. But like, they just say it super nonchalantly. And I'm like, I, what? I cannot believe my ears when you guys say this. How can one be nonchalant about receiving flowers? That is the most amazing thing to ever be done. Over my lifetime of never having received flowers, though, I had settled into like a dulling of my love for flowers, um, subconsciously trying to protect myself, I guess, from never having received like everyone else, thinking that it was just a practice for more well-off people. So when I moved in with 
my ex-best friend, who does not like flowers at all, um, actively hates them. It was shocking to me that I was so distraught over how they viewed flowers. Secretly, of course, I never told them, as I respect that people have their own opinions, but holy shit, they would receive so many flowers from people, and would just let them die on the plastic wrapping on the table. Like, straight in from the door would put them on the table and then leave them until they had died and then throw them away. Or sometimes, like, they would make it to the trash can first and they would throw them away while they were still beautiful and alive. I, it made my heart hurt. <laughs> and I didn't really get why. Though I was always told by my mother that cut flowers were a waste of money and aren't as special as people make them out to be. And you know, I had never received them, so I wasn't, it wasn't like I could attest to them being something that made me feel special to combat this, so, but to combat the idea that they were not special. Um, so the idea remained. Um, then my grandfather gave me flowers on the night of my final choir concert, and I did not have, I didn't know how to act. I, I was in complete shock. Of course, everyone there had received flowers at some point in their lives before. And I was standing there with my ex-best friend, who hated flowers, so I was conscientious of not showing how truly joyous I was, but that was an incredible moment. My grandfather knows my favorite color is green, as is his, um, so he went searching for a bouquet that was majority green, especially for me. And though I wouldn't say green flowers are my favorite, the absolute care and thought that he put into this gift was so touching. And if I, th I think about it too much, I will cry. Um, he's just, he's just so sweet. Um, but seeing as it wasn't, you know, the typical stupid fucking red rose bouquets. I, I hate roses if I haven't given them away already. Literally one of the only two flowers I actively despise. The other being those giant artificially col colored daisy type flowers. Ugh, ick. <laughs> Please no one ever give me those. That would be so sad. Like, anything else. You could pick up random flowers that you found on the walk to where I am, and I will be over the moon. Don't give me those flowers. <laughs> it will like feel like you don't know who I am at all. And that's sad. Um, where am I? Oh, yes. Because they weren't the standard flowers, people did make fun of the bouquet. And on top of that, seeing how my friend would treat flowers made it so that I didn't nourish them how I would now. And I really didn't feel free to actually accept and appreciate them fully. And that makes me really upset thinking back because I did love them dearly. And I wish I had felt more able to care for things that others may not have understood or cared for at all. Simply because they mattered to me. Yeah. A large part of that issue was due to me thinking that it was such an insignificant issue. Like, of course someone cared about flowers. They get them all the time. This isn't a really problem. It's such a non-issue. I, I should, I shouldn't care about it. Like, it's, 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 there's no, there's no reason that I should be upset. And then Olivia's mother gave me these precious little yellow flowers for graduation. And although I was still surrounded in shame for liking and tending to these flowers so acutely, I decided that no, these are going to feel loved by me, and I'm not going to give in to the guilt I feel about caring. My heart was so warmed by the gesture, as I was not, as I was with the first occurrence of receiving flowers, and I was not about to let that fade this time. 
just by, you know, who I was in company with. Um, this whole time, though, until the following December, no, not December, September, I still did not think about buying myself flowers. I hadn't connected the thoughts, the dots of like, oh, this makes me happy. This is something that is genuinely important for me to participate in routinely. No, I lack so much self-awareness, y'all. It is actually fucking insane. I also hadn't realized that I could buy myself flowers still. Flowers in my head were expensive, frivolous purchases, which in addition to like the wow, someone bought me, or someone gave me flowers, I'm gi- I, I was given flowers. On top of that, I also had like the wow, these people spent money on me. Like, what? You know, like, that was also in addition to like the just overwhelming gratitude I had for this gesture. But flowers in my head were still expensive, frivolous purchases, and something you only did for others on special occasions. I had given flowers before, but they were always ones that I had grown, or someone else bought them for me to give, so I was not paying for them myself. So I had no concept of how much flowers actually cost. Um, then the day after my last relationship ended, I went and got myself boba and flowers. And ever since, I have been buying myself flowers routinely. Um, there have been periods of time where I fall back into feeling guilty for doing so though. The most recent time was on my birthday. As I was due for new flowers anyways, but I decided that because it was my birthday, I was going to get a separate set of flowers specifically as a birthday gift to me. And even saying that now makes me feel super shameful, even though there's literally nothing wrong with that. At all. And I think more people should give themselves flowers as gifts. Like the queen herself, Alex Russo, from Wizards of Waverly Place. I think about that scene constantly. But... I had this whole battle with myself in the grocery store and for the following like week or so because I felt so guilty for getting more flowers than I quote unquote am allowed to or should. However, to that I say, suck it and fuck it. <laughs> Buy yourself the goddamn flowers. If it makes you happy, do it. I love flowers. I will continue to buy myself flowers until the day I die. I do not need to feel guilty. For promoting my own joy, regardless of how small the experience is that is bringing me joy. My happiness will not be diminished, especially not by my own hand. And with that, I wanted to move into our final segment of the pod. Wow, that was difficult for me. I- Oh, it's 11-11, my boy. Uh, retry that sentence. With that, I want to move into our final segment of the pod, discussing my book. There we go, that was way better. Y'all, The Invisible Woman by Erica Roebuck has been absolutely fucking phenomenal. I have been enjoying this read so thoroughly. The main character, Virginia, is incredible. I love her. She's relatable and complex and funny, but is also such a powerful woman in the middle of World War II. Being one hell of a badass, among other really badass women, undergoing a constant underlying battle with sexism and just... Wow. I I love this book. (laughs) So many of the characters are the golden light of humanity at its finest, and it makes my heart so happy. Seeing the kindness and love that persists despite the despicable atrocities of war is just beautiful. There's really no other way to describe it. It's just simply and stubbornly beautiful. I also think the writing style of this novel is so rad. 
Courses back and forth between the present time and Virginia's PTSD flashbacks and other memories that give insight into her life before and also bleeding seamlessly into the next part of the book, moving the story along in such a poignant manner. Poignant manner. Manner. Poignant manner. And it is just lovely how intentional every single piece of this book is. There are 340 pages in this book, and I was nervous it was going to take me a while, as the last book was way less, and it took me forever to get through. So I was like, if this book is not gripping me, uh, it's going to take me ages. But I've been blasting through this book. I It's been such a joy to read. I get so immersed. I highly recommend I've been so enthralled with it that I've been reading it when I can outside of my blocked out time for reading before work, finding and making time simply to read, which has been lovely. It's been a couple books since I've read one that has been almost effortless to read, as this one has been. Uh, I believe the last one was Payback's a Witch by Alana Harper. Phenomenal book, that one. Easily in my top three books of all time. I was expecting it to be kind of tacky, to be honest, uh, but it was literally everything i could have wanted from a book and i was so incredibly pleased currently it is being lent to a friend along with another book shout out sky um another book that i absolutely will not recommend it is one of the worst books i have ever read <laughs> but i don't know i liked it by the end to be honest like i love a good unreliable narrator and this book had about four which was so cool, but wow, the content was so fucked. I hated it. 10 out of 10 concept, 3 out of 10 execution. But anyways, that concludes this episode of the Sexually Anxious Podcast, hosted by me, Micah, for your listening pleasure. No, I'm redacting that, that was weird. Um, for your entertainment is better we'll rock with that um <laughs> i hope you enjoyed me discussing my thoughts on tattoos romanticism flowers and my current read have a great week or so ish y'all um stream oh no darling by sarah kinsley i know i haven't talked about my media influences but sarah kinsley just released oh no darling a little bit ago it is phenomenal it's been a repeat uh, support Emily's Instagram jewelry business at jewelry underscore by period em. And last but not least, stay sexy soldiers. See you when I see you. <laughs>